Superfudge by Judy Bloom. Chapter 4 Off the Wall. I told Jimmy Fargo about Princeton. You're moving? he asked, like he could not believe it. Not exactly, I answered. We're just going for one year. You're moving, Jimmy said again. I can't believe it. Yeah, neither can I, Jimmy. But you don't have to move, he said. You could stay here if you really wanted to. You think I don't want to stay? I don't know anybody in Princeton, Jimmy. You think I want to go to some school where I don't have any friends? Then tell your mother and father you refuse to go. That's what I will do. But where would I live? With me? But where would I sleep? On the floor, Jimmy said. It's good for your back to sleep on the floor. I thought about sleeping on the floor for one year and about living with Jimmy and his father. Mr. Fargo used to be an actor, but now he's a painter. He paints these weird-looking pictures of circles and triangles and squares. He's so absent-minded that he only buys food when Jimmy reminds him. He always forgets. One time, I looked in their refrigerator, and all they had was an empty bottle of wine, half an apple, and a salami and onion sandwich so old that it had turned green. Yeah. If you don't stay, I'm never going to talk to you again, Peter, Jimmy said. And I mean never, ever again. He bent down and tied his shoelace. Jimmy's laces are always undone. And I'm going to tell Sheila she can have your rock in the park, he said. Oh, you wouldn't? Try me. Well, some friend you're turning out to be, huh? Same for you. Jimmy turned and walked away, his hands deep into his pockets. I thought of plenty more things to say as soon as he was gone, but instead of running down the street after him, I went home. Is that you, Peter? Mama called. No. I went to my room and slammed my bedroom door. I was glad that I hadn't bothered to hang up my map of the world again. I took out my Kraskin's crystal. Jimmy gave it to me on my last birthday. When I can't fall asleep at night, I hold the chain above the base and watch the small ball swing from one side to the other. I focus on it until my eyes get this heavy feeling and want to close before you sleep. I opened my window enough to throw out my Kraskin's crystal. That's how mad I was at Jimmy. I could imagine it falling on the ground and smashing into a zillion pieces on the sidewalk below. But suppose I had trouble falling asleep in Princeton. What would make me sleep? So I decided to put my Kraskin crystal back in the box. There had to be a better way to get even with Jimmy Fargo, not breaking his present. Two hours later, I was still thinking up of ways to get back at Jimmy. 
when the doorbell rang. And guess what? It was Jimmy himself. Changed my mind, he said, and I am sorry. Yeah, well, me too. I was disappointed, that's all. I don't want you to move. But there is nothing I can do about it. And I know it's not your fault, Peter. Well, that's what I was trying to tell you, Jimmy. I know. Well, my father says Princeton is just an hour by train. That's right. So I'm not going to give Sheila your rock after all. You don't need to worry. Thanks. She wouldn't know what to do with it anyway, I said. But I'm not going to use the rock until you come back. I promise. Okay, and I'm not going to use my Kraskin's crystal until I get back from Princeton. Deal, Jimmy said. And we shook our hands. The next morning, when I was going down the elevator with Turtle, Harry said, I'm going to miss you and your family. Hmm, but I bet you're not going to miss Fudge, I said. Oh, yes, even that little devil, Harry said. I remember the day he got into my elevator and pushed all the buttons at once, jammed up the works for two hours, Harry laughed. He sounded like a sea lion when he left. I always expect him to slap his arms together when he laughs, just like the sea lions do. And I will miss that baby of yours too, Peter. Won't get to see her grow up now, just like I saw Fudge. Well, sure you will, I told him. We're just going for one year, that's all. <laughs> that's what they all say, Peter, Harry said. Outside, it was gray and humid. I wondered if the sun was shining in Princeton too. As I walked Turtle down the street, he sniffed here and there, trying to find a place he liked. I encouraged him to use the curb. In Princeton, he'll be able to go wherever he likes, I thought. Maybe I won't even have to walk Turtle anymore. I'll just open the door and he will run out into the yard, and I won't have to clean up after him either. No more scooping poop. Ever since New York City passed what I call the doggy do law, walking turtle hasn't been that much fun anymore. At first, when I heard that every dog owner had to clean up after his own dog, I told mom that I wouldn't be able to walk turtle anymore. She said, oh, that's too bad, Peter, because if you don't walk him, who will? I was hoping mom would volunteer. I was hoping she would say, I know how grossed out you feel at the idea of picking up Turtle's dog, too. But she didn't. Instead, my mother said, look, Peter, you're going to have to make a tough decision. If you want to keep Turtle, you're going to have to clean up after him. Otherwise, Daddy and I will try to find a nice farm somewhere in the country and send him away. And I didn't wait for her to finish. Send Turtle to a farm? Are you kidding? He's a city dog and he's my dog, Mom. Well then, you should take him for a walk. Mama said smiling. I got the point. Mama bought me a contraption called a pooper scooper. 
It looks like a shovel attached to a baggie. And when turtle poops, I scoop it up, get into the baggie, tie up the end of the bag, and I toss it into the trash basket. At first, I made a mess of myself trying to get it to work. But now I am a regular expert. But still, it's pretty disgusting. Ugh. Almost as disgusting as Tootsie's diapers. I wish I could train Turtle to use the toilet, especially in winter when I stand around freezing while he takes his time trying to make up his mind where to pee or poop. I know it's not Turtle's fault. He cannot help being a dog. And when he sleeps at the foot of my bed or licks my face, it's all worth it. Just as Turtle was finishing, Sheila came skipping up the street. I hear you're moving, she said. I nodded and scooped up his stuff. Good. I was afraid it was just a rumor. I cannot wait until you're gone, Peter. Then I won't have to smell your yucky dog anymore. My dog is not yucky, Sheila. Hmm. Did you ever smell him, Peter? Yes, all the time. Well, I guess you don't know this because you smell so much like your dog. And she started to skip away. Hey, Sheila, I called. Yes, she turned around to face me. Stuff it. Peter Hatcher, you are disgusting. That's better than what you are, I called, enjoying myself. Oh, yeah? What's that? That's for me to know and you to find out. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny, she said. You and your yucky dog are both very funny. Sick her, Turtle, I said. Turtle growled. And then he started barking. Which was very funny. Because he doesn't know what sick her means. But Sheila didn't know that Turtle didn't know. So she started screaming and running toward the building. And when Turtle saw how... Go, how crazy she goes, he took off after her, barking up a storm, thinking it was some kind of game. He pulled his leash right out of my hand, so I had to chase him, calling, Turtle, Turtle, come down, boy, because he was already jumping up and down on Sheila, but just trying to lick her face, not bite her. Sheila kept right on screaming. Finally, Harry came out and asked, what's going on here? He pulled Turtle off Sheila and held him for me. I picked up the end of Turtle's leash and patted his head. It's Peter Hatcher, Sheila said. He told his stupid dog to sick me, and he did. He did not, I said. He did. You don't even know what sick means, Sheila. I certainly do. Oh, yeah? So what does it mean, Sheila? I asked her. It means... Uh, it's it's just like you no know, when you when you give germs to a person, Sheila said. The one that he seeks gets sick too. I start laughing. Did you hear that, Harry? Did you hear what she said? I heard, Harry said. And what I want you to keep your dog outside until he calms down. He turned to Sheila. Come on, honey. I'll take you upstairs. I'm so glad he's moving, Harry. I hope he never comes back. There should be a law against dogs in this building. 
I left all the way to the corner, and I think Turtle did too. On the morning of the move to Princeton, Mom woke me at 6 o'clock. I still had to pack my carton of special things. But first, I wanted some juice. I'm always thirsty first thing in the morning. On my way to the kitchen, I passed Tootsie's crib. She was watching her, her mobile and gurgling away. She was also covered with trading stamps all over her. They were stuck to her arms, her legs, her belly, and her face. She even had one on the top of her head and one pasted to the bottom of each foot. Hey, mom, I called. What is it? It's Tootsie. But I just, I didn't wait for mom to finish. Hurry up, mom, I called. Mom rushed in, buttoning up her skirt. Oh no, she said when she saw Tootsie. Then she shouted, Fudge, come here. Hello, mommy, Fudge said, crawling out from under Tootsie's crib. He was there all the time wearing his disguise, black eyeglass frames attached to a rubber nose with a stick-on beard and moustache. He had sent away for it months ago. It cost four cereal box tops plus 25 cents. Did you do that to Tootsie Fudge? Yes, mommy. He was using his best little boy in the word voice. Why did you do that? Mama asked. Because Tootsie told me to do so. He climbed up the side of her crib and reached in, shaking Tootsie a little. Didn't you tell me to do that, good girl? You're a good little baby, Tootsie said. And she kicked her legs up in the air. That was a very naughty thing to do, Mama told Fudge. And I am very angry at you. Fudge kissed my mother's hand. I love you, Mommy. Mwah. That's not going to work today, Fudge, Mama told him. Don't worry, Mom. I love you anyway. Mwah. He said, kissing her other hand. You know, Mommy, you are the best Mommy in the whole world. Don't you love your little boy, mommy? Yes, I love you, Fudge, but I am still very angry at you, boy. Very. And she smacked Fudge on his backside. He pounded for a minute, about to cry, but then he changed his mind. It didn't hurt, he said. Do you want one that will hurt Fudge? Because I can do that, mama asked. No, no, mom. Then don't you ever do anything like that again. Do you understand? Yes. Hey, mom, I said. I thought you don't believe in violence. I don't. Ordinarily, mama said, but sometimes I forget. Look, it's okay with me if you want to spank fudge sometimes, I said. Personally, I think a spanking a day would be good for the kid. No, 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 no. Fudge shouted, holding his rear end. But why did you really do it? I asked Fudge. I want to trade Tootsie for a two-wheeler like yours. But you cannot trade her. She's a person. She's not a book of stamps. But she looks like a book of stamps, Fudge said. Mama picked up Tootsie. Well, doesn't she? Fudge asked again. And I could tell Mama was trying hard not to laugh. You know something, Fudge? I said. You are off the wall. 
you are really off the wall. Off the wall, off the wall. He sang, dancing around Mom and Tootsie. Fudge is off the wall, off the wall. Tootsie left. Either that or she hiccuped. <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference when she's laughing or hiccuping. <laughs> I followed Mom into the bathroom where she sat Tootsie in the sink. Two years of trading stamps down the drain, I said. Goodbye, stamps, Fudge called from the doorway. Goodbye, goodbye. I'm not going to save stamps anymore, Mama said. I'm going to find a grocery store that gives away something else. No more stamps or coupons. An hour later, Dad came back with the U-Haul and we loaded and were on our way. As soon as we were through the Lincoln Tunnel, Fudge started singing. M-A-I-N-E spells Springston. No, it doesn't. You're stupid. It spells Maine, not Princeton. I know, Fudge said. I'm just making up a song. Maybe you could make it up in your head, Dad suggested. And sing it to us when you get to Princeton. And then it's going to be a surprise, Fudge. A surprise, Fudge said. I like surprises. He was quiet for one minute. Then he said, You know what, Daddy? I'm off the wall. Who told you that? My father asked. Pita, didn't you say that? He asked me. Yes? Yes, I sure did. And you sure are off the wall. I'm off the wall, Fudge repeated. Just like Pita's map of the world is off the wall. He rested his head against Mama's shoulder and I could hear him slurping away on his fingers. And he was still wearing his disguise.